Hey, my name's Corey, and I've got something to tell you. A story about a journey I took once. You see, growing up, I was always an outsider in my community. I was put on the outside simply because of how I felt love. And after a while, I found myself on the run. I packed up and left everything I knew, hoping to find something that I couldn't yet describe. But I felt it. I felt there was something more out there to experience. And man, these days, I don't have a problem describing it anymore. Because I've found it. And I've found myself. So I want you to sit back and listen. Because I've got some powerful stories to tell you. In every story, as in every experience, this life offers us lessons. These stories are the lessons lived in tropical Narnia. So, are you ready to go on a journey? Who knows what we might find, but promise you, it'll be worth it. This is Lessons in Tropical Narnia by Corey Schaefer. Some time ago, I woke up with an unusual feeling. It was a Saturday morning. The windows were open, and since they ran along the entire wall opposite my bed, I always woke up with them in first focus. A simple louver system opened to reveal a tropical garden, blossoming over top of a deteriorating yet stubbornly persistent red boundary wall. At the right angle, most of this wall was out of view, and instead, all one saw was an elongated tube with a dense mass of green vines and these tiny orange spheres hanging amongst. Summer ornaments on a seasonal tree. From the bed, you could hear the neighborhood buzz, bicycle horn to taxi, one neighbor's family discussion and the other's intimate affair. Quiet though, it was mostly, at least in the morning where the songs of the birds and the breeze from the ocean still penetrated through the hum. 
my surroundings certainly hadn't changed. I was in my bed and everything seemed normal, but I felt something inside my torso. In a strange position that I hadn't before sensed, it was a mix of a weight on my back and a discomfort near my core. I arose and started my morning, attempting to ignore the sensation and go about the day as normal. I entered the kitchen, which was blessed with the same windows as the bedroom. Two walls full of louvers that allowed the indoors and the outside world to mesh as one. Hey Alexa, play me some music. The kitchen was filled with plants, and while the home would be regularly cleaned, my lifestyle lended more to clutter that, in this condition at least, beautifully portrayed the intersection of nature and the taker lifestyle. Atop the reclaimed wood and whitewashed table sat a microwave. On top of the microwave sat a plant, taller and wider than the appliance below it. To the left sat a large pot full of water and lilies from the Volta River. For an entire year after being pulled from their homes, these lilies would blossom in the daylight with enormous purple and yellow intricate flowers. A short sight but full of beauty. If staring longer, one would next cross a tall glass and cork pour-over coffee system, a sculpture in my eyes. Intertwined and more accurately stuffed between these components were spices and cups, ingredients and utensils, placed in a way that they somehow disappeared as mulch to the plants. Out the windows, while moving to some music, I could stare at two palm trees in the yard and listen to the neighborhood wake up more clearly. The strange sensation was still present. Though I tried to ignore it with my usual routine, it didn't retreat, and I wondered if it was a pulled muscle in my lower back. I considered the many components in my life, and this only made sense. Since my years in the States working in emergency medicine, I was sure I had done some damage in the process of lifting and carrying people and heavy equipment, and now, I spent my days in Ghana, in the tropical climate, about 50% outdoors on construction sites. 
My lifestyle now was fast-paced, and placed in last was my well-being. A test of strength, and with a young body running on a future high, I put more focus on what I was accomplishing than the method I went about it. Dismissed as simply a pulled muscle, I continued about the morning. Outside of the house was an intimate space. The boundary walls were taller in the back and sides, but much lower in the front. The front of the home faced in the direction of the ocean, and between the street and myself were functionally superb breeze blocks and the main house, yet with the driveway to mine, which grew wider as it reached my home allowing the cool breeze to reach me no matter where I stood. The result of this long-standing architecture was the most enjoyable privacy I think one may ever find. Most significantly, because it sat amongst a dense collection of concrete homes with tin roofs, barbed wire always in sight, and a constant demand for repair ever-present. Many of the people where I come from would and will never be able to see themselves in such a living situation. But for me, it was fantastic. The experience of waking up in the tropical climate, in the most natural and human way possible, requires the least amount of clothing. In fact, it drives home the argument of a life where we didn't have to put on pants. With my coffee in hand, I would venture outside to let my entire body feel the sun and its power. Usually, I would spend some time in the back corridor first. The breeze was fantastic, and I was now in the concrete garden directly off of my bedroom. Allowing my bare feet to walk on the outdoor ground, I would gaze up at the blue sky and the clouds, allowing my imagination to run over what the day might bring. First on my list were the berries I saw from bed. I picked a few orange fruits off the tree. Four or five would fill the hand. Straight from the vine, which grew straight through the barbed wire, I plucked a soft, delicate fruit split the sphere in two, and slurped out the contents of a miniature and ripe passion fruit. From barbed wire grew baby passion, and I remembered how magical this life could be. The day I woke up with this feeling, everything was normal. I was living in a new part of the world to me, where beauty blossomed boldly and faded quickly, appearing again with intensity and vivaciously, if one paid attention to the nature that surrounded, encompassing the rhythm of the life, there was always a trail of beauty to follow. This was a home I had worked extremely hard for. I had left everything I knew behind. I was young and naive, but I was on a journey to find something, and every day 
I looked to see if I could catch a glimpse of it. The sensation began slowly at first, but it would compound with time, strengthening in assault and frequency to a point that led the sufferer to accept each blow as less devastating than the last, as if repetition came with a strong anesthetic. Not the kind that stops the attack or prevents a future occurrence, but the one that buries the memory and creates a false sense of immortality. What I learned through the experience of carrying that sensation with me grew with time and intensity too. On that first morning, I may have been distracting myself from what was new and unusual. Perhaps ignoring those signs at first was wise, because I was practicing what it means to pay attention to the positive around you, rather than the painful. The choice to wake up and pay attention to the troubles that cause us worries, or to wake up and partake in the beauty that lies directly in front of our eyes, and has lessons and wisdom to whisper. That morning, as in most mornings in that house, before I began my day, I danced. While feeling as if I had never fully left my room, I had embarked on an adventure, exploring the forest that bloomed in chaos, feeling the sun on my body as the birds and the trees greeted me with gifts and excitement. In tropical Narnia, I danced through the compound as I raced between the home and the outdoor world spinning down hallways and jumping through doorways. Each arch and piece of furniture offered a new pose to interpret and complement, and the fluidity with which this happened created magic between the inside and the out. In those mornings, if you looked well, all you could see was goodness. And it was these very moments that kept me on the surface when I found myself swimming in deep and turbulent waters. Thanks for listening, guys. And don't worry, there's a whole lot more story to come. If you want to help support me in sharing this journey, please go to patreon.com backslash lessons in tropical Narnia, and you'll hear from me again in chapter two.